0: Buzzing around the wholesale real estate community is this article slamming homevestors for allegedly operating a predatory business by taking advantage of elderly and disadvantaged homeowners. This is very alarming for the wholesale industry, so on this video, I want to talk about what homevestors was accused of doing wrong, why it matters so much if you buy or wholesale discounted properties, and most importantly, how you can make sure you're not doing predatory business practices. This article was recently published by ProPublica, a nonprofit newsroom that apparently investigates abuses of power. In their investigation, they found national real estate company Homevestors guilty of intentionally targeting elderly and incapacitated homeowners and deceiving and manipulating them to sell their properties in order to profit, thus causing harm to those disadvantaged sellers and their families. Now in a minute I'll talk about specifically what bad practices they were accused of doing. But just so you know, Homevestors of America is a discount home buying franchise that has been around for over 25 years and currently has 1,150 franchises in 48 states. And while Homevestors franchise owners do purchase some properties to fix and flip or keep as rentals, the majority of transactions they conduct are wholesale deals. Now, wholesaling is where you acquire the rights to purchase a distressed property via a contract with a seller and then assign or flip the rights of that contract to another investor for a profit without ever owning or improving the property now wholesaling has been an investing strategy for a long time and is a multi-billion dollar industry home investors claims to collectively be the largest cash buyer in america on their website it says the following Homevestors has purchased over 140,000 houses since 1996, making us the industry leader in cash home buying. It's our experience, personal service, and fair offers you can trust that sets Homevestors apart from all other options. If you have a need to sell your home fast, we're here to help. However, according to ProPublica's investigation, helping homeowners is just lip service. Their investigation cited several specific examples of franchisees doing unscrupulous and unethical practices. But according to ProPublica, the malpractice went all the way to the top of the organization, accusing the company's leaders of not only turning a blind eye to the harmful practices of its members, but despite what the company says publicly, Homevestors actually promotes taking advantage of people by specifically marketing and training its franchisees to target elderly and disadvantaged homeowners. Now, whether or not Homevestors is maliciously preying on the disadvantaged, or if they have just been neglectful in enforcing best practices with its franchisees, or even if the examples are just isolated experiences, none of that is certain as convincing as this article is. Remember, you're hearing one side of the story. I suggest you read the article if you haven't yet and form your own conclusions. I'll put the link in the description below for you. Then leave a comment and let me know your opinion. But even if Homevestors is guilty of these accusations, there's a larger narrative being implied and conveyed and that's what I'm most concerned about and what I wanna address on this video. I'm not saying this is true for home investors, but there are and will always be bad actors in every industry and the wholesaling industry is no exception. The problem is when isolated examples get used to describe the industry as a whole. I've talked about this often on my channel. There is a persistent narrative that the media, consumer protection agencies, and even the National Association of Realtors is pushing that is filtrating the public that wholesaling houses as a practice is deceitful, dishonest, and even malicious by its very nature. This article is no exception. It states, The practice of wholesaling has come under regulatory scrutiny in several states. And continues, Unlike real estate agents, house flippers operate in a largely unregulated space. Real estate agents have a fiduciary responsibility to represent a homeowner's best interest in negotiations, which is defined in state laws, licensing requirements, and an industry code of ethics. But in most states, flippers don't need a license. The article also said, lawmakers have recognized the pressure and abusive tactics short of fraud are so common in some industries that a consumer needs more protection. Such protections are largely absent for homeowners dealing with house flippers. Okay, so the propaganda goes like this. The very practice of soliciting distressed homeowners, you know, people in pre-foreclosure or probate or delinquent on taxes, then contracting those properties at a discount for cash and then reselling those contracts for a profit is by nature of the practice predatory, stealing equity and harmful to sellers. The propaganda is that buying distressed properties at a discount as a whole is bad instead of buying distressed properties at a discount by lying, manipulating, and deceiving an elderly person with dementia is bad. It's the difference between saying all wholesalers are liars and crooks instead of saying some wholesalers are dishonest and deceitful and liars and crooks. That would be like saying all real estate agents are liars and crooks when the reality is that only some agents are liars and crooks, who, by the way, are licensed and regulated. The problem with demonizing a group as a whole is it completely dismisses all of the good, honest, and helpful segment of that group. The truth about wholesale real estate is that wholesalers as a collective group fill a massive need in the marketplace that is not served by any other group, including real estate agents. Certain sellers in distress need a fast, convenient, all-cast solution. For example, a wholesaler brought me an opportunity recently where the seller was three days away from losing his property to foreclosure. Not only was I able to step in and stop the foreclosure at the last minute, but I put $15,000 in cash in the seller's pocket, and the wholesaler also made $15,000. In that example, the wholesaler provided the seller a solution to his problem that no one else could solve especially an agent. Did the transaction result in me as the end buyer getting a good deal with equity? Yes. Did both the wholesaler and me, the end buyer, profit on the deal? Yes. But here's the rest of the story. The wholesaler was the hero. He saved the day and everyone, especially the seller, was over the top grateful. That's the norm. That's what wholesale real estate is by and large. Not the isolated example of a 75-year-old grandma who didn't know what she signed and was forced from her home that you hear about in the news. That's the rare exception. And just to put in perspective how critical wholesalers are to our neighborhoods and communities, think about this. The National Association of Private Money Lenders told me that over 70% of their lenders' clients, investors borrowing money to do real estate deals, they purchased their distressed properties from wholesalers. 70% 70% came from wholesalers. Now, in most cases, wholesale deals are vacant and dilapidated properties that are sourced by wholesalers, then traded to investors who fix them up, which then improves neighborhoods, reduces crime, brings tax revenue to communities, increases home values, and provides housing for families. The Home Investor article conveniently failed to mention that part of the industry. Now, my opinion, real estate wholesalers are the most vital component to the real estate market. They fill a massive void and solve a huge problem no one else services by helping motivated sellers to quickly get out of their unwanted properties while at the same time providing investors properties to fix and sell or fix and rent while also at the same time helping families have homes to live in. Everyone wins. Are there bad actors in the wholesale industry? Of course. Do we have a responsibility to whistleblow and expose them? For sure. Should they be held accountable for mistreating or harming sellers? Without a doubt. The reason why I've been so vocal about this topic is because as an industry leader in the wholesale community, I feel compelled to speak out to wholesalers everywhere about how to raise the bar for our industry. I feel a duty to teach how to treat sellers fairly, how to be honest and transparent, and how to operate with integrity and morals. I believe you can wholesale with integrity and at the same time, make money and build a profitable business. I got this comment the other day on one of my YouTube videos. Jerry, as a Christian, how can we feel good about wholesaling when it feels like I'm taking advantage? You say we're solving a problem, but it feels like most wholesalers try to squeeze every penny they can. Now, this is a common misconception about wholesaling. It completely diminishes a free market system where people can engage in trading goods and services. This idea that if I make money as a buyer, then automatically I took advantage of a seller. That completely dismisses basic economics in a free trade society. That idea completely negates a seller's role in a transaction and his agency to make informed decisions. Now, of course, that's as long as he's of sound mind, but assuming that's the case, when a wholesaler makes a low cash offer, the seller has the freedom to decide if that low cash offer is worth the trade for the speed and convenience. If he feels it's not, then he can say no. No one forces him to sell at a discount. He has other options. He could try and find a higher paying buyer. He could list it for sale by owner. He could list it for sale with a real estate agent. He could rent it or he could fix it up and flip it. A seller has multiple options and in a free market with property rights, he has the ability to decide what is best for him, given his unique situation. If the seller decides on his own free will that the wholesaler's low cash offer is worth the trade-off, then he can choose to accept. Again, as long as the seller is of sound mind and capable of making decisions and the wholesaler didn't deceive him in some way, then a fair exchange takes place. The fact that the wholesaler makes money after a contract is signed between two consenting parties doesn't all of a sudden mean the wholesaler stole equity or somehow took advantage or mistreated the seller. That's like saying Nike scammed me because it cost them $10 to make the shoes and then they sold those shoes to me for $150 and made a profit. What makes the transaction okay? What makes it okay is there was a consenting party who made the shoes for $10 and a consenting party who bought the shoes for $150. The fact that Nike made a profit doesn't now make the transaction dishonest or unethical. I don't buy into this victim mindset that is so prevalent in our society today that if one person gains, another person loses. One of the greatest freedoms we enjoy in America is the ability to own and trade property. If done honestly, as a wholesaler, you can solve a problem for a seller and make a lot of money and both parties come away edified and better off than before. Now, having said that, I believe there are best practices and a code of conduct that wholesalers everywhere should adhere to. If you're a wholesaler or aspiring wholesaler, I strongly encourage you to implement immediately the following best practices that I'm going to outline. I believe in these best practices so strongly that my lawyer created specific addendums and I even added them to my seller contracts. And they are a regular part of my sales process, conversations and interactions with sellers. And don't worry, I'll give them to you for free. So keep watching. First, let's discuss the biggest complaint in the Homevestors article, then we'll address some more common best practices. The biggest accusation by ProPublica was that Homevestors targeted and took advantage of elderly people. Now, it's very important to understand that the elderly make up a huge segment of distressed real estate. Baby boomers are retiring in droves and downsizing and selling their homes. Without a doubt, you will come in contact with elderly sellers. Knowing that, You need to be twice as precautious in your dealings with them. If the elderly seller is in any way, even the slightest, unclear about what's happening, do not proceed. Ask to speak to the elderly sellers next to kin or closest caretaker and make sure they are present when negotiating, offering, and contracting. Explain clearly all of their options, including not selling their home to you, so they can make an informed decision. Always find out where they are moving after the sale and never move forward if you're not certain that they have secured new living arrangements. You do not want to put a grandma out on the streets. And if at any point an elderly person changes their mind for whatever reason and doesn't want to sell anymore, let them out of the contract. It doesn't matter why. One of the tactics ProPublica accused home investors of doing was forcing elderly sellers to adhere to the contract by clouding titles so the sellers couldn't sell to anyone else and even pursuing legal action against the seller. There is no amount of money worth forcing an unwilling elderly seller, or anyone for that matter, out of their home and it doesn't matter what they signed. Imagine that was your grandma. How would you like her to be treated? The next best practice you should follow as a wholesaler is to fully and properly disclose your intent to the seller. If it's unclear to the seller in any way, your role in the transaction and what you intend to do, that is considered deceitful and possibly even fraudulent. Remember, there are sins of commission where you intentionally deceive someone, but there are also sins of omission where you withhold important information from the seller. Both are dishonest. Ask yourself, if I were the seller right now, would I know exactly what is going on with the buyer and this transaction? For most wholesalers, your intent from the very onset is to assign the contract to another investor for a profit. So you need to be totally honest and upfront that that is what you intend on doing. Say something like this. Mr. Seller, we've agreed on a cash price of 100000 I want to make sure that you are fully aware that in our contract, I have an assignment clause that gives me the right to assign this contract to another investor for a profit. Let me explain what that means. I work with a group of local investors and they rely on me to source and find properties like this one that they can buy and fix and flip or possibly fix and keep as a rental. Since they don't have the time or resources, my job is to find them properties like this one that they can invest in. Of course, I make a profit for bringing them deals. I'm telling you this because more than likely on the day of closing, one of my investors will step in and buy the property and I want to be fully transparent with you about that. But rest assured, nothing changes for you. Everything we agreed on in our contract, including price, stays the same. Do you have any questions about that? Notice in that verbiage, I disclose two things. I'm going to assign the contract and I'm going to make a profit. The problem with not being fully transparent is twofold. First, the seller can't make a fully informed decision if he doesn't have all of the facts. And two, a seller can make a claim afterwards that you took advantage of him. For those reasons, be clear, honest, and upfront and always get it in writing, which again, I created addendums that I'll give you for free. Next is being clear with the seller about all of their options. The ProPublica investigation cited several examples of home franchisees lying and manipulating sellers into selling at a steep discount. It's not the discount that's the problem. It's the lying and deceiving to get the discount that's the problem. In your conversation with sellers, give them all of their options. Say something like this, Mr. Seller, I'm not sure I'm the right solution for you, so let's review all of your options. If you had the time, you could list it for sale with an agent. You'll have to do showings and pay commissions and closing fees, but that may still net you a higher price. Or if you had the time, money, and resources, you could fix up the property and you could rent it out or you could fix it up and sell it for top price. That's something to consider. Also, I'm sure you're getting other offers from other cash buyers. That's a wise decision. I would do the same too. Be sure to look at the terms of the contract and not just the price because that matters. Whatever you decide, I just want to help you wherever I can and I'd be happy to review all of your options with you so you make the best decision for you and your family. Now, at that point, if the seller decides that your low cash offer is worth the trade-off of not doing showings, inspections, appraisals, commissions, closing fees, or hiring and managing contractors, but rather the speed and convenience of selling as is and getting cash in their pocket in 14 days, if that's worth selling at a steep discount and you and the seller mutually agree on price and terms, then you just did an honest ethical transaction, even if you make a million dollars in profit on the deal. Speaking of terms, the next thing you need to do as a wholesaler to be ethical is to not use an overly one-sided and biased contract. If there was litigation about a transaction you did with a seller, the first thing a judge or a court is going to do is they're going to look at your contract. And if it's not fair to the seller, you'll be found guilty. The biggest mistake wholesalers do is not offer any earnest money or a very low earnest money like $10 or $100. Earnest money is a good faith deposit. Known as consideration, earnest money is what solidifies or validates a contract. Not offering any earnest money, even if the seller agrees, looks really bad for you. It means you don't have any skin in the deal. I suggest you offer a reasonable earnest money of at least $500 to 1% of the purchase price, whichever is higher. Now, if you can't figure out how to float earnest money until closing, or you're unwilling to risk earnest money in a transaction, then you're not ready to wholesale real estate. You want to be a big boy or a big girl and sign a contract with a seller, then grow up and start acting like one. The other thing that gets wholesalers in trouble with their contracts is having excessive weasel clauses or ways to back out of the contracts. There's nothing wrong with having contingencies, just be open and honest with the seller so he knows exactly what he's agreeing to and he's fully aware of the risks. Now, one more thing I want to mention is I have an agency disclosure. Now, if you're licensed like me, this is critical. But even if you're not, I highly recommend you use this disclosure. Let me explain why. A person acting as a real estate agent for a seller is agreeing to represent the seller's best interest in getting that seller the highest price. A person acting as an investor in a transaction is looking out for their best interest in an ethical, honest way. Licensed or not, you want to be crystal clear with sellers that you are acting as an investor in the transaction. Again, this goes back to intent. In a fair and honest transaction, the seller is fully aware of your role in the deal. Okay, like I said, I'll give you all of these disclosures I talked about. I have them in addendums that you can add to your contracts, and I've also added them right in my seller contracts. I'll put the links to the downloads in the description below for you. And like I said, I've covered this topic extensively on my channel, and we need to stand up and do more as an industry. I want to invite you to join me in the movement to start a wholesaler association where we can collectively as an industry proactively tackle these issues, raise the bar and have a voice against the negative propaganda so prevalent in the public eye right now. Watch this next video to learn what you can do to preserve and enhance the wholesale industry. And I'll see you on the next video.